You're listening to Business in Bloom, a podcast for creatives and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. I'm your host and creative business coach, Anna Dunleavy, and we'll explore topics on self-belief, creativity, and what it means to run a business on your own terms. Hello and welcome back to episode 89. My guest today is Sarah Robertson, the owner of These Other Days Design Studio. I last spoke to Sarah on episode 57 during the first of our lockdowns in 2020 and a lot has changed since then and I've invited Sarah to chat about the changes she's made in her business as well as making time for creativity and other creative pursuits. Let's jump straight in. Hi Sarah, thanks for joining me. Hi Anna, thanks for having me back. So for those who don't know you, um, some of you may have heard Sarah's episode, which was episode 57, um, when we last spoke, which was mm, coming up to nearly three years ago, I think. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about what you do. Um, Yeah, just introduce yourself. Yeah, so a lot has changed in the last few years um my name's still the same but I have founded a new business called these are the days which is a branding and design studio and I've also recently moved from my hometown of Edinburgh to the Scottish borders um so I live here with my partner our daughter cat little one on the way um so yeah it's been a fairly eventful few years I suppose since we last chatted yeah it really feels like that actually when you say when you kind of summarize it that there's you know relocation kind of new family member on the way just lots and lots of different yeah just changes yeah absolutely and I think um I mean, I was still in the same line of work when we first spoke, but at that time I was running a business with my partner and I was actually, I think, probably furloughed at the time I was speaking to you. Um, If I remember rightly, homeschooling my daughter, um, who was in primary one at the time. And yeah, I think we were kind of in the middle of that um, first kind of really long lockdown. Yeah. And I think, um, like you say, I think you were very much focusing more on just family life and and, and prioritising that rather than uh, working because that was obviously what was necessary at the time. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there were so many of us that were in the same position. And I think for me, it was obviously a really challenging time, but also rewarding in the sense that I think I was getting that kind of special time with Cora Mm. Um, and also I think a chance to step away from my work and kind of free myself up to think about new possibilities Um, at that point I didn't know that I was going to set up a new business but in hindsight I think a lot of the foundations were being laid at that point I think having to take that step away from the design studio that I ran with Jonathan and that I I still continue to run although it's more from a distance and kind of like helping out with the odd project it was a crazy time really wasn't it it was very up and down but also kind of life-changing in lots of different ways yeah yeah and so 
I wonder if you want to talk us through the the process or that you went through when you started to realize that actually you did want to set up a new business because obviously that's a big decision you you've been running how long were you running the studio together with Jonathan for by that point oh gosh years um so I started my business in 2005 and then we merged that business with another design studio in 2012 um I think we'd been working together for a few years before that though so yeah, probably since 2008. Mm. Um, so yeah, quite a long time. Um, and yeah, it was, you know, the, the business was going well. Um, I was jo- enjoying parts of it, but we were working on quite big projects that were taking up a lot of my energy and not necessarily enabling me to use a lot of my creativity. And I think that's where the pivot came for me. I was kind of felt like I was at this crossroads where I was like, well, I can carry on down the route managing um, larger projects that take a rather long time and, you know, involve maybe more planning and project management than they do actual design or mm-hmm. I can do something different. And I think for me, it was just this kind of nagging little voice. I'm not even sure that there was a particular process, but what I do remember is later in 2020, I think after the kids had gone back to school, it was just before Christmas, I think, kind of like probably October, November time actually. And I was on one of your group programs and I think we were all on a call together one day and I just had a moment where I kind of just like burst uh, with the decision that I was going to set up a new business and it was kind of like this epiphany moment it was I need to actually set up a new business if I'm gonna really enjoy what I do work-wise and creatively I need to really shake this up and make a big change um it certainly felt like a huge shift for me and yeah, I remember that call quite vividly because you guys were all really excited for me. And that's what I needed. I think I just needed people to kind of like hear me out. Um, and yeah, just support me in something that felt really scary at the time. Um, but yeah, fast forward a couple of years, you know, I'm really enjoying it, feeling a lot more at home in my work. I'm focusing 90% of my time on branding projects, which is what Mm -hmm. I really love and enjoy. And I just wasn't getting the chance to do that when I was running the studio with my partner. And I think now that separation has been really good for us both personally, because he can run his business the way he wants to run it. He loves working on large scale projects and project management and the planning aspect and managing other people as well whereas I think for me I really needed to come back to my kind of design skills I suppose just get a little bit more playful again and have fun with it all yeah a little bit more hands-on I guess as well yeah I think that's it because it of course you know like he enjoys his work and he finds it fun it's just a very different kind of project to what mm-hmm. I personally enjoy working on and 
you know, like to get my teeth into. And I think for me, the kind of smaller, shorter term projects really suit my energy. And the fact that I'm a starter, <laughs> yeah. and he's a much better finisher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's done kind of person. So yeah, it's been, it's been good. And I think it's actually worked out well for both of us, despite there being some challenges and kind of hiccups along the way. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it wasn't kind of a, a completely smooth process, as you say. You know, you've worked together for so many years. You know, ten plus years running the same studio, and so yeah, that there would have been changes in how you work, and you know, even probably down to you know having kind of separate spaces, so you can kind of separate. You know, when you, when you do deal with different clients now, so I'd, I'd imagine, yeah, I'd imagine it, it wasn't a completely smooth process in the sense that it's a big change it's a big change to what you are used to um but it sounds like you've kind of found what works for both of you individually um and it's kind of probably as a result feels like both of your maybe jobs are more kind of aligned with what you really enjoy doing which is um you know in a way probably what we all aim to do right just kind of do the work that we really enjoy doing that we're really excited about yeah absolutely yeah and I think his kind of feeling initially was uh, I don't know I suppose it was like a bit of a separation in a way and it was strange to kind of like separate ourselves in work and then obviously keep things together in light yeah there, it was a real kind of interesting ride I suppose um certainly the first six months or so when I was just kind of finding my way with the new business and I was still doing a lot of kind of like handover type stuff with him but ultimately I think have both kind of arrived at a kind of happy place um mm -hmm. where like you say we're both doing the things that bring each of us satisfaction and I, I think as well as the real kind of lesson for both of us is that um you know it's allowed us both to do the things that nurture us creatively and professionally yeah just doing the kind of work that we both really like to do and, and of course you know um like any business there's still things in my day and my week that I just have to do that might not necessarily always be at the top of my list but you know more often than not when I'm certainly working on client work it's it's things that I suppose just make me feel more whole I guess with the the design aspect as well there's just more of an opportunity for me to kind of expand um and I don't think I was really getting that and in fact I think there was a good probably six years where I maybe needed to make a decision like this and it just took me such a long time to realize what that decision was yeah but it strikes me that actually making that decision which perhaps wasn't an easy one to make actually it, it kind of I guess it's testament to the fact that sometimes making those hard decisions is what you need to do in order to get to you know the place you want to go to because I'm sure there would have been lots of different a lot easier ways to yeah maybe kind of stay you know in the rough vicinity of what you are already doing maybe more, you know kind of diversifying a little bit within the existing studio or yeah so so it was a you know actually I think a, a bold decision to 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 do that but actually it just 
shows that sometimes those decisions that may feel a bit tricky at the time uh, pay off. So yeah, I think that's not to be kind of underestimated. Totally. Um, Because I think for a lot of people and and myself included, you know, we make these tiny little pivots and nudges Mm. and changes in our business and one that's not necessarily satisfying us just to kind of get to a point where we're happier in it. Um, And of course, we do outgrow things that we start and, you know, we change, our businesses change. And I think for me, that was the big thing. I'd outgrown the old business. It had outgrown me in some ways as well. And I think professionally, Jonathan and I had kind of outgrown each other. So it was it was a bit of a messy time to kind of take a plunge, but I do think that taking that kind of leap for me, and it was like a proper leap of faith because there was part of me that was like, what on earth are you playing at? Um, but I just had this feeling that it was going to work out okay and that I'd land on my feet and it would be mm. just fine for all of us. And I think it has been, you know, it's it's worked out for both of us in different ways, but yeah, I, I I agree. I think sometimes you can make these tiny little changes that don't necessarily have a long-term impact. So sometimes you do have to just take that jump. Yeah. And you mentioned not kind of feeling, maybe because of the, the size of the projects that you were working on in the previous studio, not feeling kind of as creatively fulfilled. I wonder if, or, you know, how much is creativity a big part of your life? Have you always been creative? Have you always considered yourself to be creative? Because for me, for as an example, that really came a lot later in life. Um, after I had my son, I think really where I started to explore that for myself. Um, so yeah, I'm curious, how how is that for you? Yes, I think creativity for me has been there from the off really. I mean, I remember doing a lot of drawing and illustration as a kid, a lot of character creation. I kind of escape into Mm. other little worlds um I love music singing I loved writing so was forever kind of writing stories and also telling a lot of tales as well (laughs) um (laughs) I had quite an imagination and yeah that was certainly evident at school you know my mum's still got all my old kind of like portfolio from when I was a kid right through to my teenage years actually and kind of like artwork I bring home from school so um I went through some of that last year with her actually and was showing it to my daughter and it was nice actually to kind of like see those beginnings of kind of ideas and me kind of like finding my way creatively and of course there's just so many ways that you can fulfill yourself creatively but for me yeah definitely kind of like the writing the music the art was kind of where it was at and when I left school I was fortunate to land a job in a marketing team where eventually they offered to train me on the job as a designer Mm -hmm. so I had a choice you know do I go to university to pursue graphic design or do I stay on the job to do it interestingly graphic design wouldn't have been my first choice I remember wanting to do some kind of kind of like drawing and painting course and I remember 
feeling like I was sort of being convinced to kind of go down a route that was maybe more supportive for me professionally and that wouldn't be the kind of job where I might struggle a bit more financially. I have to say, you know, running a graphic design studio does not mean you're not going to have financial struggles. And, you know, we've certainly had a lot of ups and downs over the years, um, having gone through, you know, the pandemic most recently, but then um, the financial crash in 2008. And, you know, so we've certainly had our fair share of challenges as a couple and as business owners but um yeah always kind of like come back to my creative roots really and I can't really imagine doing a job that wasn't enabling me to kind of like tap into that um mm. and, and I pretty much stayed in the same career for want of better words for my whole adult life so I mean I've, I've been working in marketing and design for 21 years 22 years actually yeah 22 years last week <laughs> so yeah yeah and I, I enjoy it you know I, I I do love graphic design and what I enjoy about it now I think more than anything is that it's kind of given me the freedom to do other things out with work so to kind of satisfy a want and a need to write which I haven't done for many many years um, and also just kind of exploring design and creativity and art in other ways so whether that's through kind of like picking up a paintbrush or I think just doing things that take me out of my comfort zone a little bit. Mm. Yeah and just exploring new ways of being creative or perhaps not even new necessarily but just or the ways that perhaps you would have been creative as a kid. I think as children, we are less likely to kind of restrict ourselves into these boxes and in some way we're, we're quite happy to explore and, and, and try different things. Whereas at least for me as an adult, I think that there's a lot more hesitation <laughs> to, to do that. But you talk about, um, you know, nurturing your creativity generally. I know that that's something that you talk about a lot. How can we do that on a daily basis for, for someone that perhaps maybe feels out of touch with their creativity, actually? Maybe that's not something that they kind of practice and, and explore regularly. Do you have any insight? I suppose for me and I suppose for most people, you know, creativity comes in different shapes and forms. And, you know, we all have different interests, you know, be it art and writing which is something I enjoy but then for others it may be photography or fashion creating a magazine for example you know like they all have these you know different goals and dreams aspirations but I think in terms of like root level coming back to your creativity for me it tends or I tend to feel supported by doing things like journaling so just asking myself certain questions you know how I'm feeling in a day what can I do today to nourish myself you know often the answer is doing something creative and sometimes that will come from the work that I'm doing that day and of course I'd, I don't have the time or resources to do something that might be deemed creative every single day but even just going for a walk being out in nature 
I think tiny habits and routine can help. Mm. Certainly for me on a morning, it's, you know, making a nice cuppa, maybe lighting a candle and being intentional about it. Um, for me, it's like a scent thing. I was chatting about this on another podcast recently, but just kind of like scent for me is a massive source of inspiration. It's like, I am, yeah, very intentional about what candle I'm going to like because I've got some that I think smell cozy. I've got some that I think are going to energize me. Um, and of course, you could do that through roller balls or using perfume or other kinds of scents as well. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one for me in that it can kind of set the tone for my day mm. or what I'm planning to achieve or just kind of help me feel a certain way. And I think that's where journaling is really helpful too in that I will often write about how I want to feel rather than what I want to do. And I think in writing about how you want to feel, that can often lead you to a place of, you know, finding an activity or source of inspiration that's going to give you that that little creative boost. So I know that's not very specific and I don't know how helpful that is, but for me, yeah, I don't think there's like a, a kind of checklist to necessarily go through. It's just, I suppose, living a certain way and allowing myself to have some creative habits that I kind of follow each morning to help me kind of lean into my day and embrace creativity a bit more and understand, I suppose, what I want to get from it. It, it sounds what I'm hearing is that actually what it comes kind of down to is making space for it in the first place so you're you're you know open to doing a bit of journaling and seeing how you feel and whether I guess tuning into like what it is that you might want to do that day or how you want to feel like you say that may then lead to kind of like okay well if I want to feel really calm maybe actually a walk out in nature will be that creative boost because ultimately it's not necessarily all about doing is it the creativity you know it's it's about seeking inspiration from places as well so nature is a perfect kind of example for that to me and I think that's probably present for me at the moment is is making space for it intentionally as well which I'm sure has its uh, challenges as well at times yeah well this is it and I, I do sometimes struggle with talking about kind of making space because I think in, in some ways it is a real privilege if you're able to a lot of time and space for yourself but for me even five minutes in my journal you know I, I can fill maybe half a page or so with just kind of ideas or things that crop up or maybe I just want to empty my mind and as you say create that space for something else to come in and I think mm. there's no really invitation for something new without there being the space for that thing in the first place and I think that's what's nice about being in nature going for walks or even having a shower to be honest that's kind of where I get a lot of my ideas and or not even so much getting a lot of ideas I'd say for me it it helps me work through ideas so I can let go of them very quickly and then others I will keep and kind of work through kind of thrash out when I'm walking in the woods or sitting by the sea. No, I think you make a really fair point about not always having the time or lots of time to dedicate to to being creative and and that, that is a privilege ultimately, you know. I mean, our, our jobs 
maybe allow us to do that more but yeah it is definitely a privilege so I think actually if you are looking to kind of reconnect or connect with your creativity more is more about finding even if it is just the five minutes because that that's enough isn't it to just kind of yeah reconnect I guess and because I think the, the the alternative is thinking well I haven't got half an hour or an hour to dedicate to painting for example so I'm not going to do anything but actually you could potentially just sketch out <laughs> to the tiniest of drawings for five minutes um, if that is all you have and actually that is just allowing yourself to to do that rather than saying I haven't got the time so I'm not going to do any any of it totally and yeah starting small is always the best way forward I think just almost like when you set a goal and it feels too lofty you know Mm. yeah you break it down into chunks and I think it can be the same for you know making space for creativity is is to start small and build on it and interestingly I mean I never used to think I had time for you know certain pursuits you know or artistic endeavors I would feel guilty almost mm-hmm. doing it um so for me it, it, it very much was baby steps and it even has been recently just kind of like getting back into writing and things it's like setting tiny little tasks for myself rather than yeah big lofty goals yeah no I couldn't agree more and I know that you are currently going through the artist's way for th- is it the second time round or Yes, second time round, yeah. Yeah. So how are you finding it, doing it? Well, second time, I suppose that there'll be maybe kind of synchronicities, but also maybe new stuff coming up. Yeah, for sure. Um, So the first time I did the Artist Way was in 2020. So I started Mm -hmm. it in the January. And sometimes I I, I can't decide if I picked like the best or the worst year to do it (laughs) because there was a group of us a small group of us that were going through it together meeting weekly and I think I was still kind of chatting to them when I was on the podcast last with you you know we were kind of supporting each other really through the lockdowns you know we would chat every Sunday and even if we had decided not to go through a chapter that week you know we were very kind of kind to ourselves we went easy on ourselves we um you know, we, we didn't finish the 12 chapters in 12 weeks. Uh, it just wasn't possible when things started to change in the February and March. But yeah, I remember being quite hard on myself first time around. And I've noticed it in my kind of journaling because I do like, you do the morning pages, it's three pages every morning. And so I would kind of force myself to do that. My daughter was much smaller then. You know, there, it was more of a juggle and I would kind of like force myself to stick to doing all the activities and things so it was a real kind of learning curve for me and being able to not always do everything to let go of some things to um yeah just give myself a bit of grace um which I don't think I'd ever really been particularly good at quite hard on myself and that's the main difference that I've noticed this time around is that I'm not beating myself up if I miss the pages one day or if I decide to do them on an evening or which to be honest is more often than not I think morning pages is quite a loose term 
if you can't get up at the crack of dawn and write three pages, that's no bad thing if it has to be after the school run or middle of the day. And even if it's one page, you know, it's something. And I think that is kind of the nicest thing about this experience of going through it, is knowing that I have formed this ability to be more compassionate with myself. Like just seeing that learning in action, because I think it's one thing to say, oh, I read about that, but to actually kind of like put changes in action is, I suppose, quite a big deal. And and that's what's, yeah, interesting for me this time around. And there's a few other people that I know that are going through it alongside me. And so it's been nice kind of like having a, a kind of light touch point with people, I suppose. Um, not quite as formal as last time we went through it where there was weekly calls and things because I just felt like that was way too much of a commitment. But um, yeah, I'm really enjoying this kind of like slower, gentler approach to going through it and seeing what comes up. But yeah, I'm on week five now, so almost at the halfway point and trying to make space for a weekly artist day, which if anyone doesn't know is, is just one of the kind of many challenges that set each week is to try and spend a little bit of time indulging in your creativity so that might be just for an hour to do something like picking up a paintbrush or working on a novel or you know even watching a film to be honest or you know right up to taking like a whole day out for yourself um and exploring so yeah it's a really great book for helping you to form creative habits but only really if you're able to commit to it because it is definitely a huge time commitment I think and it's one of these things that you need to plan ahead for I don't think The Artist's Way is a book that you decide one week all right I'm going to start it now for me anyway I found it better to be able to look ahead and see right, where can I actually plan this in and make time for the writing, make time for doing one little thing each week for myself, an evening to read a chapter and then a morning to maybe write on some of the tasks that you're set. So there's quite a bit to it and I think it can seem like it's not much, but a lot of people do kind of drop out maybe around about week four, five usually because it is quite a challenge I think I think I probably when I was doing it um must have been about a couple of years ago now I don't think I finished the whole thing I think towards the end it was very much I would read and skim through some of the kind of activities at the end of each chapter certainly wasn't writing every day what I would say though actually what you were saying earlier as well about finding kind of compassion for yourself when you when you can't follow something like that through to the dot I think actually maybe there is value in doing it in a way that works for you regardless of whether you're able to complete it regardless of whether you're able to make space for all of the things because actually yeah it is a big time commitment and like we were saying earlier making time for these things is a privilege in some way we don't always we're not always able to do it. So I think I think maybe going into that process kind of gently and, and with an open mind that we just have to wait and see what happens rather than having a very strict rule to to stick to it kind of uh, in a regimented way. Totally. And it, it reminds me actually of 
when I went through it for the first time, I used to try and do every single task that's listed at the end of each chapter. But now, and even Julia Cameron herself says in the book, pick the one task that you're most drawn to and then pick the other task, it's the one you're most resistant to. Um, so I've kind of just been following that approach now. Mm -hmm. But yeah, mm -hmm. even kind of like <laughs> decided not to take her advice on the matter <laughs> first time around and really just... I don't know, I, I suppose I've always been somebody that's really thrown themselves into things, not necessarily in the healthiest way, um, but it took me a kind of long time to just realise that, I suppose. But I think even if it's something where you just read it, you know, I know somebody that started it about the same time as me this year, and she's just doing a chapter a month, and I think that's brilliant. Um, yeah. You know, she's yeah. like, actually, this is what I have the capacity for. And she's got other things that she's doing around it. She's got her full-time job. She also wants to set up a business. So it makes sense for her to approach it in that way. And others have decided to make the morning pages their main commitment and just try and get into this morning routine of doing them. Again, I think that's wonderful because, you know, they've just listened to their own needs and they're not trying to do something that they don't have the space to do, really. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think you will get a lot more out of it that way. I mean, I did get a lot out of it first time around. I wouldn't be going back to it if I didn't. But I do feel like I'm getting different things out of it. It's interesting kind of like going through the the chapters and just noticing, mm -hmm. like you say, there's the synchronicities, which is something kind of week three, week four, she starts to talk about noticing kind of synchronicity in your life. And yeah, there's a lot of, kind of reminders cropping up for me at the moment to kind of take things slowly and softly and yeah to not be hard on myself in the process and I wonder how you are maybe taking that into your book writing because you are currently writing a memoir and um yeah what's that process been like for you when did you decide you wanted to write a book in the first place because Gosh. that is no small feat. No, it's not. And I think, going back to what I said a few moments ago, I suppose I am the type of person that doesn't do things by half. <laughs> so it's kind of like, if I'm going to do one major thing, like let's throw something else into the mix. But I, I am much better at kind of, I suppose, looking after myself now in the process of doing these things. So there's something around kind of like satisfying my curiosity wanting to try different things alongside the business because I'm able to do that now um I didn't have I suppose the, as much capacity a few years ago as, as I do now I feel like I've created a business that is, is allowing me the, the time and space to nourish myself in different ways and it was about 18 months ago. Megan C. Hayes, who is an author, she writes nonfiction books. And one of her books that I had picked up probably about four years ago now, maybe longer. So Megan released a book about positive journaling and I took it away with me on a holiday and yeah, really just loved her her approach. Um to journaling on positive emotions or finding ways of inviting positivity in because I think journaling sometimes can actually be 
not always great for our mental health. You know, if you're going to a bad place and then like repetitively writing about that on a daily basis, it's good to kind of bring yourself back to something positive and, and not in a kind of toxic positivity sense. I think it's more like finding reasons to be joyful or yes, life is hard at the moment, but can you find all in your day and you know it yeah it's it's a really lovely book and I'd followed Megan's work for a little while um and then she opened up this opportunity for people who wanted to write a book to spend a year with her so mm-hmm. I joined a group program as I say 18 months ago and started to kind of work on this idea for a book that was primarily kind of business focused and branding and was kind of drawing on my work experience and then I kind of had a proper winter with the project where I really struggled with what I was writing about and wasn't really feeling it I felt like I wanted to write more about personal experiences so I got to about I think the February so kind of like almost halfway through our time together in the group and then decided actually I think I need to write a memoir and that's what felt a bit more exciting and I think it was one of the mentoring sessions I had with Megan where I was just really honest about what I wanted to do and I I don't think I'd been honest with myself or her or anyone else in the group but it just all kind of came tumbling out that day and I got off the call and I wrote my prologue in about half an hour I've not actually written anything else in the book as fast since, but it was kind of like a sign for me that maybe I was on to something because, and it had kind of few changes to it and it just felt right. And yeah, so I decided at that point, I'm going to write a memoir, which is really tough to kind of almost like psychologically get my head around because there's this sense of, you know, who do you think you are writing about your life? And I I think there's, you know, over the years, you know, a lot of celebrities or kind of public figures have kind of released memoir and their life stories. And I I think I'd probably just been fed the idea that my story wasn't worthwhile. But I do think there's a real movement towards storytelling now and everyone's stories being worthy. So... Yeah, so I've stuck at it and I've been writing it for a year now and I'm not finished my first draft yet, but I'm almost there. I've got a few tasks that I need to work through. But yeah, I'm hopeful that within the next couple of months I can I can hand this manuscript over to Megan to have a read through and to comment on. So yeah, that's yeah. my hope. But it's... um. Yeah, process. I don't think there has been a process. I think it's been very up and down. I certainly write in like sprints. So like for me, there's not this getting up and writing a bit each day or even each week or or even each month. Like I can have a couple of months where I don't do much writing at all and maybe I'm doing a bit more thinking. Yeah, I've had to be pretty kind with myself because I've noticed that for me it's quite a seasonal thing like I don't really feel like doing much over the winter but as spring approaches and I kind of feel a little bit lighter and 
like I'm able to sort of tap into thoughts and share them a bit more freely. So yeah, it's it's been quite a tricky process for me in terms of finding my own approach to writing and not getting too caught up in how other people write. Mm-hmm. Um, because I do see authors kind of having maybe a particular routine or talking about how they approach their memoir writing or, you know, whatever the book might be. And yeah, I really have had to kind of find my own way with it. And I think that goes for anything, doesn't it, really, in in some way. We have to find our own way of doing things, ultimately, whether that's running a business, whether that's writing a book. There isn't one way or the right way to do stuff. And I think that can be hard to accept at times as well. It's like kind of, I think I personally would probably quite enjoy following a set out routine. But actually, I know that in as I'm doing it you know in in practice it wouldn't necessarily work so it is about finding things that work for us and I think or I wonder I guess is how are you planning to kind of adjust and fit that in and the work the creative work that you do um as you prepare to go on maternity leave because that's that's something that's coming up for you as well yeah so I've made the decision to have about 10 months off that's what I had with Cora my daughter and yeah um, it's been a long journey for us to get to this point of having another baby and so I really feel like this time is just so precious and therefore will not be taking on client work or really running the business from May onwards um I'll be returning early next year to work with my writing I'm aiming to have my first draft of the manuscript done before I go on maternity leave and then I think during my maternity leave that's that may be a time where I can address feedback Mm -hmm. and I think they'll probably take it quite slowly I mean I'd have loved to get it all written and done and dusted within a year but I think with everything else that's gone on in our lives, you know, getting to the point of having this baby, but also relocating mm-hmm. over the summer there. Um, and then, of course, running what is still a fairly new business. Um, yeah, I've had to go pretty easy on myself when it comes to um, you know, setting goals for the book, for example, like deadlines have not featured at all really you know there's times where I've set myself like many goals but yeah I try not to kind of like hold myself to anything too tightly and I think that's worked really well for me just kind of like releasing that pressure and letting go of that expectation which is really my own expectation that I must finish that in a certain time or you know be able to juggle lots together and you know it's not Mm -hmm. always possible so um yeah I think I'm making quite a good decision for myself emotionally and mentally um you know having that time out um and yeah I think ultimately just being able to enjoy time with a very much wanted baby yeah yeah and I think what I'm kind of noticing is that obviously the last time we spoke 
you were having to take a step back from work to to prioritize family time because of the lockdowns because of the changes that were happening externally I suppose and and now we're in a similar spot it's different circumstances but you are again preparing to kind of take some time out to to yeah again focus on family time and it's I think that's the kind of beauty of running your own business in some way as well as the ability to to be able to to prioritize what you need in this in this moment and time as well and I think whilst I personally know that I really enjoy my work and stuff I, I know that I don't want to do it or co- at any kind of or all costs you know it, it's yeah it's finding the right balance and and for you over the next few months the balance will be very much leaning into their family life yeah before moving back into perhaps starting to work next year again yes completely um you know um a real shift and yeah you're right there are these kind of like parallels I certainly when I get the opportunity to enjoy family life you know I do try to grasp it with both hands because I think ultimately that's what our work really is for especially when we run our own businesses you know we're trying to create something that supports our life and Mm. you know not the other way around and that's what I'm really loving about what I'm doing at the moment the interesting thing for me about um taking time away from my work compared to a few years ago is a few years ago I really welcomed it like I was like yes I will go on furlough I will take that chance to spend more time with Cora I really want to immerse myself in that and and I think now I'm really feeling this kind of strange um pull back to work you know so it's not a sort of clean cut oh I'm really looking forward to Mm -hmm. finishing at the end of April um I think I'm really going to miss it and I've been trying especially over the last week or so I've been kind of planning ahead looking at the year thinking about staying in touch with people having that sense of you know connection and community um you know I really don't want to lose that while I'm on maternity leave I don't really want to disappear um I still want to kind of show up in some way shape or form whether that's through writing or doing a little bit of marketing from time to time but completely on my own terms and I've had to be very um, kind of strict with myself almost about, no, I am not taking on client work. I'm not doing bits and bobs. Um, I've had a couple of conversations which did make me feel quite guilty about taking time off, feeling like, yes, I must come back in November to help with that Christmas campaign. But then sat down with Jonathan and, you know, I was like, I, I'm not going to get this time back. And... Yeah, you know this just means so much to me and really the most important thing for me that this year is is family and I mean always is but I think yeah just more than any other time that needs to sit above everything else and then if I can keep communicating with people and connecting with them in other small ways then you know, hopefully that gives me the kind of creative nourishment that I need. Yeah, yeah. And I think it just it's just a reminder, isn't it, that the scales between kind of life and work 
are always somewhere kind of swaying from one one place to to the next and yeah that currently they're tipping in the into the life area and and that's exciting and and obviously there's nuance to that as well that you know you mentioned feeling like you're not quite ready to let go of the work and obviously you're doing work that you're really enjoying now as well so maybe that's different so yeah it's never quite as black and white I suppose but but yeah that that's where you're at now yes and next year you know things will tip back into work a little bit more I suppose because there never really is that balance is there it's more like a bit of a harmony in some ways and yeah ebbs and flows I think yeah yeah absolutely amazing it's been so wonderful to chat to you thank you so much for your time for those who don't follow you already where can they find you so you can find me mostly hanging out on instagram at these are the days.co and my website is also these are the days.co and there you can find my inside story letter which you can sign up for um that is something i send irregularly but roughly every two to three weeks and yes i am also kind of finding my way with pinterest and linkedin again and not spending as much time there but yeah trying to get back to grips with it yeah and thank you so much anna for having me back it's been wonderful thank you thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed this episode I would be so grateful if you could share it with friends. And if you can, please consider leaving a review. I'll be seeing you soon.